When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're watching Veterans Week coverage on ESPN, brought to you by USAA. Big show coming your way here as we have lots of news to get to. Welcome to NFL Live, presented by USAA. Glad you're with us. It's Wednesday. That means we get to turn the page to week 10 in the NFL, and it also means it's 4 o'clock in case you needed a time check here. Marcus Spears, Keyshawn Johnson, Dan Orlovsky with you for the hour. You put hour. an R on the end of four. 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 Oh, it's Faux. Oh, okay. Okay. Excuse me. Adam Schefter is with us yeah, in just a bit. He's got yeah, yeah. lots of news. Uh, later, the latest on Odell Beckham Jr., you guys. Dan, just stop while you're behind. But first, the big news of the day out of Buffalo. Let's start there. Bills quarterback Josh Allen dealing with an injury in his right elbow. That's his throwing arm. You see where it happened right there against the Jets. Sean McDermott updated his status earlier today ahead of their game against the Vikings on Sunday. He's day-to-day. And the next question will be, is he going to play? And the answer is, we'll see. He will not practice today. We will see how he does. We use common sense, and obviously we factor a lot of things into it, the medical report being one of them, and, and our doctor's wisdom and knowledge. I mean, Josh is, you guys know Josh, right? I mean, he's as competitive as there is. Um, he loves to play, loves to play the game. And, um, you know, we'll see where it goes. Joining us now, ESPN injury analyst and physical therapist, Stefania Bell. So glad to have you back here, Stefania. <laughs> you know, we had you on yesterday. We thought we'll probably be seeing you again later in the week, and that here turns we are. out to be yeah. true. Um, so we'll get to Josh Allen's persona and his competitive nature in a little bit. But what do you make of Sean McDermott's comments about where he is right now with the injury? We're not saying much. He tells us a lot. What he tells us is there was no significant injury that could have ended his season or put him out for multiple weeks. So I think you can infer from our Chris Mortensen's reporting about the ulnar collateral ligament that this was a mild sprain, maybe a stretch of the ulnar nerve. That happens when you have a quick jerk to the arm in that position. So what do you do for it? It's really just rest and let it settle down. If structurally they felt like everything was okay, no massive tear, no injury to the flexor tendon, nothing that we need to worry about. This is really just let it settle, let him get back to throwing, and then see where he is. And like you said, we'll see. Yeah, is an injury to the elbow like this more about pain tolerance, more about functionality? What can you give us there? It's really about functionality here. And pain comes into play if pain inhibits your function because then you can't throw very well. But this is an injury where the pain actually is very informative. This is where if you're getting pain as an athlete because of that ligament, then you need to back off. And that's why they say don't go ahead and throw until the symptoms resolve. You start with light tossing. You see how that feels. Then you can progress to increase distances, increase velocity, and you're basically getting that information back. How does it feel as you progress? I'm fascinated to ask you two questions. The okay. first one is, and this Uh-oh. is a person who he's played the position. Down. Um, 24 hours can do that much? You know, like to, for him to say he's not going to practice today, we'll see where he is tomorrow. 24 hours of rest can do that much? It could. It could. 24 hours could do enough to potentially change what you do the next day. Now, I'm not talking about go from doing nothing to throwing like you're ready to sure. throw in the game. Right. 
but might it change what you do in terms of activity? Is there sure any could. form of treatment that gets done? You know, like, I, and I don't want to put you in a spot where you're going to say something, but is there right. any type of treatment that gets done over that period? Sure, and again, this is individualized based on the people who are treating him and the individual athlete, but things to help alleviate pain and discomfort and any residual swelling, range of motion, because you want to make sure you got good range of motion before you get back into throwing, making sure his grip strength is normal. With that nerve being stretched, you want to make sure there's nothing going on there. All those facts boxes have to be checked before you get into actual throwing. actual throwing. Yeah, either way, a huge game against the Vikings this week, coming off a loss to the Jets in the division. So that's something that everyone's going to be thinking about. We'll keep our eye on this. And let's go now to the Bills team facility where ESPN Bills reporter Elena Getzenberg has spent the day. Elena, how tough will it be for the Bills to keep Josh Allen off the field on Sunday? Yeah, Lori, you know, Sean McDermott said today, everyone in this building knows just how competitive Josh Allen is. He's going to want to be out there with his teammates on the field. No one has any doubt about that. It was the consensus in the locker room. But as Stefania just said, you know, they're going to have to listen to Josh Allen, see how he's doing and hear what the doctors have to say as the week goes on. Now, McDermott did not want to get into whether or not Josh has been throwing the football since that injury on Sunday. And we were just out at practice a couple hours ago. As McDermott said, he did not participate, and not only that, but we did not see him out there at all during the portion to the, open to the media. Tight end Dawson Knox said in the locker room that, you know, he, Josh seems pretty optimistic. He seems like he's in good spirits. He's a dog is how he described him and said that he knows that he's doing everything he can to get there on the field Sunday. All right, thanks so much to Elena for the latest there in that perspective. You know, Dan, I think we know who Josh Allen is, right? He's going to do everything he possibly can to be out there on the field. Sure. But either way, you got to take this into account. So how do you see the offensive game plan changing if Allen is limited or even can't play on Sunday? Yeah, massively. The, ball, the Bills have scored 25 touchdowns this year. Josh has accounted for 23 of them. So you're Oof. talking about basically you lost your offense. I think there's two very specific ways. Number one, this is a team that utilizes the quarterback run in very situational football moments, third and short and or red zone. So in those moments, if Josh is not playing, how do they try to fix that? Do they go to Wildcat in those situations to try to get that same production? The second thing is, this is one of those very specific situations where, all right, Josh doesn't play. What does the backup quarterback Case Keenum thrive in? And then it has to be the run and play action marriage. If you remember Case, that when he was at his best in Minnesota, a little bit in Denver, that's a big change for this offense. Yeah, when you talk about the offense and scoring points, you got to think about the defense, though. If this defense has aspirations of being a championship defense, they've got to step up. So when you talk about the running, running the football and that balance attack that they have on the offensive side of the ball, it started with Josh Allen. He's gone. So now on the defense, or presumably gone, now on the defense has to play to a certain level. When you talk about championships, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ray Lewis's Baltimore Ravens, Seattle's defense, they carry those teams to the championship and won those teams, won those championships. In this situation, you look at Josh Allen, if he's gone for a significant amount of time, they can forget it. They're not going to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. They're going to probably be a one-and-done situation because he's so important to this team all the way around. You missed this. Think about the two games that he struggled in. They lost both those games. Mm. He might as well not have played in those games. And this is the same situation that you're going to be facing with if he misses significant time. Yeah, you're looking at the schedule right there for the Bills. Again, mm. a reminder that Josh Allen, day-to-day, -day, they're saying – 
at least we are hearing it is a strain in the elbow, not a serious elbow injury when you think about his potential to play this week and going forward. Marcus, what changes for a defense this week is going to be the Vikings mm -hmm. that's preparing for a team where you don't know who the starting quarterback is, and you got to think the Bills are going to try to keep that as quiet as they can. We are prepping for Josh Allen. Yeah. No doubt, right? Like, that, that is the, the message. We're looking at that offense in particular. Now, coaches, jobs, and opportunities, defensive analysts, guys that you have in the back offices, they're looking at Case Keenum from Minnesota. They're looking at what he did when he had significant Cleveland. time as a starter. Sure. But ultimately, you got to go into this game expecting Josh Allen to play. That's number one. You go in this trying to defend Josh Allen, not only his arm, but his legs. And you prepare under the assumption that one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL is going to play, right? Because if you get into this mode of thinking that you know what's going on as the other team, and Josh Allen come out there, he going to run for 180 if you didn't prepare for Case sure. Keenum, right? So I, I think that's the, that's the path forward. You may have a package or two where you practice for Case Keenum right. and the things that he does, but ultimately you get ready for Josh Allen. I, I'd the encourage Bills. the Bills to be very cautious here. This is a team that 100%. wants – they're all in this year. They want to play in January and February. Looking at that schedule, they can go 2-1 with Case Keenum. As long yeah. as that defense, the keys point, plays good solid football, and if they give Josh a couple-week rest, be very cautious here. Yeah, you know, it, they're in a situation, too, where they've got some division games down the yeah. stretch that they could get him back for, and that's been key, too. His impact does magnify other injuries, too. Sure. Totally, you know yeah. What I'm um, yeah. They, they haven't done well in division, too, so I right. think that's key. Only two. Mm -hmm. Right. All right, so let me make sure. Uh, what are we doing here now? Are we going to go? We're not going to go to Adam. All right, so we are going to instead, because Adam is working on some breaking news. We'll get uh -oh. that to you in just a moment. Uh -oh. But for Maybe now, let's talk about Matt Milano. How should the Vikings plan to attack this Bills defense? Because you yeah. told us last week, watching him against the Jets, they really miss Milano. They missed him in the run game. Like, definitively, you could see in the run game how much they missed him. But Minnesota made it a point to get T.J. Hawkinson involved. Nine catches, Nine right? catches yeah. over the middle. That's Milano's area where he roams. It was the first third down yeah, of the game. This yeah, one right exactly. Here. Yeah. They, where they put him and Justin Jefferson and Thielen to yep. the same side. Yep. Hit a couple out routes in the red area. Cookies. And this was a question when we came into this game, like how much will Hawkinson be involved in this particular offense? And you can see a point was made. But also, Boogie, Dalvin Cook. Mm. Like, people forget they have an elite running back in Minnesota. Oh, no doubt. Right? So, yeah. Matt Milano is, to me, this game, he'll be missed more than last week I think against even the New York Jets. Because the Minnesota zone Absolutely. scheme, Absolutely. Zone scheme. Yeah. Yes, indeed. They're outside the speed zone of Dalvin Cook. How they use him in the pass game. He had a touchdown on a, on a uh, rail route last yeah. week. So, it's, it's a lot of issues yeah. that arise without him being on the field. Uh, Dan, what about the defensive side for Minnesota? What stood out to you? Because they're playing really well on that side, too. We keep talking about the offense. The defense has been a big key here. Yeah, the whole, it seems like the Minnesota defense is completely built around Zadarius Smith. And mm. I want to get your take on this because if you watch the defense, it's like, how do we get Zadarius Smith on the inside? You know, and they line him up at defensive tackle in these situations, and he's an absolute menace. Sometimes they'll line, up, they'll line him up as a defensive tackle. Another times he lines up in his traditional outside spot, but then the stunt game to get him back inside happens. And I wanted to ask Marcus this because, like, it looks like is it, are they doing that because they found a weakness on someone's offensive line, or are they doing that because they want – like, do they, does he have more of a two-way go on the inside more than just the perimeter? Matchup. It's, it's all, all finding matchup. a fish. And it's also finding a fish on the interior that can't move laterally. Right. 
if you look at most of Zadarius they rushes, do it so much. Yeah. Like, and, this isn't a one-time thing. No, and he's so great with his hands. But another thing is Daniil Hunter affords you that. Yeah. Right? With his ability to rush and contain on the outside. The one thing that I think, like, Zadarius Smith was a big loss for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Like, huge. We're seeing that. Right? And right. now how he's being used is that facilitator it's hard to for, create like, those matches. I always say this. For an offensive person, if you guys have an elite edge rusher, I can, like, do some stuff to help. I can slide that way. Interior I can chip him with the tight end. I can chip him with the back. When he starts outside or then he goes inside, it's really hard for me yeah. to help you because, one, I don't know where you are. And then, two, like I can't send a back that often into the B gap in between the guard and the tackle yeah. to chip. If I had one gripe to your point with the Dallas Cowboys, I don't think they do that with Micah enough. Mm. Huh. Like when Micah's at linebacker, you, you know he's coming in the middle and blitzing yeah. in the middle. Havoc, but moving man. him around. When did like, he become a fish? I thought it was always a duck. Well, I mean. Key, you're chasing ducks. They're chasing fish. Yeah, okay, exactly. No, I just, I just thought it was you got like real meat. They got, you know, just some fish out there. Slimy old fish. All right. New on NFL Live. Let's get Adam in here. What can you tell us about the health of Matthew Stafford, Adam? Well, Laura, a short time ago, the Rams head coach, Sean McVay, said that Matthew Stafford, the Rams quarterback, is now in concussion protocol. Played the physical game against the Buccaneers on Sunday and clearly did not come out of it very well. Now he's in protocol. They don't know whether or not he'll be available to play Sunday's game against the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, he's got to pass through the stages of the protocol, and if he can't, then the Rams will have to make a quarterback change this weekend. They're hoping that Stafford gets well, but too early in the week to say whether or not he will. We'll keep an eye on that for sure. Also, news out of Green Bay. What's going on with the Packers? Well, moments ago, they claimed the former Raiders first-round draft pick, Jonathan Abram, on waivers. Again, the Raiders tried trading Abram last week, didn't find any takers. They released him earlier this week, yesterday, and the Green Bay Packers, whose special teams coordinator is Rich Bisaccia, who knows Jonathan Abram well from their time together in Las Vegas last year, obviously spoke highly of his former safety. Packers put in a claim, were awarded his services, and now Green Bay has a new safety, the former Raiders' first-round draft pick. They, they got, like, eight first-rounders on their defense. Yeah, they do. Like, yeah. play better. And, and, right, that's what I was going to say. The defense yeah. still hadn't lived up to what we thought it would be. All right, more from Adam coming, more from these guys coming. We're just getting started here on NFL Live. Hey, Mike McCarthy returning to Green Bay for the first time since being fired as a head coach in 2018. He's got a little running back controversy there in Dallas that he faces. We'll tell you about how that should play out. Plus, the Chargers have been hit hard this season with the injury bug. Can Justin Herbert come up big against this dominant 49ers defense? We'll tell you next. NFL Live is presented by USAA. This Veterans Day, join us in celebrating all those who serve, and in part, by the CMA Awards on ABC Live tonight, 8, 7 Central. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. 
Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's Jalen Hurst here, quarterback with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just want to personally say thank you for your service. Appreciate everything that you do for this country. Well said by Jalen Hurts, who you'll see on Monday Night Football, an NFC East rivalry game. The undefeated Eagles hosting the Commanders 8 Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and the ESPN app. Monday Night Countdown kicks off our coverage at 6 Eastern. Time to read and react, and we'll start in Indianapolis, where interim head coach Jeff Saturday spoke today about why he took the job. What you say, Jeff? <laughs> why? Because I care. Right, and I told the guys this morning, I care about the players, care about their families. I've sat in their seat, man. I care about the staff and their families. These guys work hard. They sacrifice for their families. They sacrifice time, energy, and effort. Like, these are my people, bro. Like, my adult life was forged here, right? Like, my wife and I had, you know, we raised our kids here. Like, these people matter to me. This organization matters to me. Now, Key. <laughs> matters. That's the, new, that's the Jeff. We love it. Okay, what do you expect to see from this Colts team against the Raiders? I honestly expect them to respond because Jeff is such a, a likable guy. Not only that, like he said, he's been in that seat before. He was His kids were raised and born in Indianapolis. He understands the Indianapolis Colts culture, and it has to change. But what I need him to do for me, Uh-oh. even though I want him to win this game, and they're going to win this game as far as I'm concerned, I just need him to screw up one time. Throw the red flag when he doesn't need to, or, or go for it when he doesn't need to, or, or, or punt when he doesn't need to. And then Take I can just get him on the show in the morning. I tell you what, I mean, listen, Key, he'll, I'm sure he'll try to do that for you, right? That, that's not too much we to ask, Jeff. Wait, don't even mess up. Wait, even mess up. Man, He's crazy. Next, we go to New England, where head coach Bill Belichick was asked about the Colts' defensive playing calls, uh, calling out the Patriots' plays before the snap. You guys saw this. It happened in their game. Here's what Belichick said. We definitely want to prevent that. Um, yeah, I thought that there were uh, two or three plays for sure that uh, Leonard – you know, got a big jump on. Uh, but, you know, that's what good defensive players do. Uh, they're not always right, but sometimes they are, and they can certainly make you look bad offensively. But, yeah, that's what it looked like to me, too. I mean, interesting that Belichick pretty much admits it. Listen, if the Colts defense knows it, probably everybody knows. You think yeah. defensives, defenses know what the Patriots are calling? Yeah, they have a, they have a bit of an idea. Yeah. Uh, because formations look very familiar. You know that you still haven't necessarily opened this offense up tremendously for your quarterback. And they want to live in getting the ball out of Mac hands and allowing those guys downfield to make plays. Look. 
this is this, I'm, I'm glad Bill said what he said, though. A lot of defenses get keys and tendencies, and sometimes we're right and we guess right. But there is something to nuance <coughs> and not getting in the same formations over and over again over and again. allowing people to get a beat on you. And right now, New England's offense is giving away a lot of clues mm. and a lot of tips about how you can play them defensively. You know, so get that fixed, y'all. It's funny. Like, I, there are so many games that I've done on the sideline where you see the old line all of a sudden be like, guys, we got to change it up because yeah. they figured us out, yeah, you know? Absolutely. We'll look for that. All right, on to Cleveland, where head coach Kevin Stefanski is preparing to face Mike McDaniel in the unique Miami Dolphins offense. Listen to this. I think everybody kind of shares a little bit of DNA and, and there's a thread woven throughout them. What's so interesting to me is, is how different they can seem as well. What they're doing in Miami with a lot of the pre-snap motion is, is, is uh, unique and, and uh, the way they're throwing the ball and the actions of, off of which they're throwing the ball is unique to them. I, I do think there's similarities, but then the differences are, are pretty stark when you watch the tape. Dan, do you like pre-snap motion? Oh, my <laughs> It's his favorite. Uh, why does the addition, though, of motions make this Dolphins offense so hard to defend? Okay, so you mo use motion for two different reasons. Number one, information. Number two, impact. Miami does it for both. Sometimes they're trying to gather information. Is it man? Is it zone? Are you in middle field open or middle field closed? Is it backer covering or is it a safety? And then it's for impact, trying to move people from one spot to another, trying to get a numbers advantage both in the run game and the pass game. They're probably the best team in the NFL right now when it comes to using both forms of motion to help their quarterback play well. Tua's playing at an incredibly high level, and a big reason why is because of his own performance, but also attached to that, and part of it, the ball coming out so quickly, is all those motions. He knows the coverage more often than not before the ball gets snapped, mm. and then the impact of moving defenders to create bigger windows, it's easier to see. The Dolphins have averaged eight and a half yards per pass attempt when using motion this season. That's the best in the NFL. Eight and a half yards. Okay. I'd use it every play. I know, right? Why, why not use it? And they do. Still to come, we're going to go to the trenches. Dan and Marcus talk about the best battles we'll see in week 10. Stay tuned for O-line versus D-line. You're watching NFL Live presented by USAA. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You're watching Veterans Week coverage on ESPN, brought to you by USAA. Sunday NFL Countdown has you covered for week 10 at 10 a.m. And then the Monday Night Countdown crew gets you set. Commanders-Eagles, big NFC East rivalry game, 6 Eastern, both on ESPN and the app. 
A developing story on NFL Live, John Keim, who covers the commanders for ESPN, tweeted this earlier in the day. The D.C. Attorney General's office emailed reporters regarding a press conference tomorrow where A.G. Carl Racine will, quote, make a major announcement related to the Washington Commanders. Let's get Adam back in here for a little bit more. Adam, any idea what this announcement could be about? Well, Laura, the Attorney General's office there in Washington, D.C. has been investigating the commanders for months, and they've been focusing in on sexual misconduct in the workplace as well as financial improprieties. Those are the two areas that the Attorney General's office has concentrated its investigation. And now comes word today that they have what they believe to be a quote-unquote major announcement, which would be the latest thing, the latest issue to surround a commander's franchise that has been beset with controversies and issues for months, for years, and we'll find out tomorrow exactly what it is, but that's been the focus of the Attorney General's investigation, sexual misconduct in the workplace, and financial financial improprieties. Again, the latest news also coming out of the commanders is that Dan Snyder looking into selling the team. All right, let's roll through some of the top stories around the league, starting with the status of Josh Allen in Buffalo. What do we know there, Adam? That's the most important and biggest quarterback question that's out there right now. You heard Stefania Bell talk about in the opening segment, Laura, the fact that he's dealing with that ulnar collateral ligament injury right now. Sean McDermott, the Bills coach, said he's day-to-day, was not spotted at practice. I think Josh Allen thinks that he'll be able to play this weekend. The question is whether the Bills will want to rest him or whether they'll let him go ahead and play. If he can play, Case Keenum would start against the team that he once quarterbacked in Minnesota. As for Ryan Tannehill, his ankle is feeling better. My understanding is that Ryan Tannehill is back on track to be able to start this week depending on how the week of practice goes. Has missed the last two games with that ankle injury, but with Denver coming to town, it certainly looks like Ryan Tannehill has a realistic chance to be back behind center, which would send Malik Willis back to the bench. We talked earlier today about Matthew Stafford. How about Kyler Murray in that same game? Kyler Murray was not practicing today due to a hamstring injury, which just surfaced. Not a lot of people realized it, but hamstrings for scrambling quarterbacks, not an ideal combination there in Arizona. And so there's a question as to whether Murray will be able to go against the Rams on Sunday. And the Rams have their own quarterback question with, as we mentioned, Matthew Stafford, who the Rams head coach Sean McVay earlier today said is now in the concussion protocol. Stafford took a bunch of blows on Sunday against a tough Tampa defense, now finds himself in protocol. He'll have to clear through the various stages to be able to play. If he can't, then John Wolford would wind up starting for the Los Angeles Rams. All right, thanks to Adam there for all of the news. And, you know, as you hear this, Dan, the Stafford piece of it, Mm. what comes to mind about his situation? Obviously a wait-and-see in concussion protocol, but... The Rams are struggling right now, and now another injury to add to the list. Uh, toughest human being I've ever been around, but this is bigger than being tough, right, with the concussion, how it's handled in protocol. I'm glad he entered it because it didn't at least not enter it on Sunday, so to speak, so it must have been something that happened a couple days later. He's the toughest person I've ever been around, so we'll see. But they need him to play because their season is in dire straits. Yeah, of course, uh, as you can see, they're facing the Cardinals in Week 10. Kyler Murray, as Adam just mentioned, did not practice, so could be quarterback questions on both sides. 
in this one. All right, let's get to another one ahead of Sunday. 49ers, Chargers, San Francisco, seven-point favorites and expected to get a ton of players back, actually. We should finally see this 49ers offense at full strength with Christian McCaffrey. Debo, Ayuk, from the Chargers standpoint, though, Justin Herbert against a stout defense. The Chargers have dealt with plenty of injuries themselves. They've won four of their last five games. It hasn't all been good, though, for Justin Herbert, who's struggled throwing the ball downfield in recent, in recent weeks. Over his last three games, Herbert has completed only 29% of his passes, thrown 15 or more yards downfield. That's the fourth worst completion percentage in the NFL during that span, ahead of only Sam Ellinger, Kenny Pickett, and Brett Rippin. Not great company there. Dan, what have you been seeing from Justin Herbert lately? Well, part of this is because Keenan Allen's been out, Mike Williams didn't play, right? So that's, right. That, that is a big part and of Keenan this. And Keenan Allen, by the way, day-to-day still and wasn't out there. So and that's we'll a hammy, see. right? I yeah, believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Big part Go of ahead. that. I, I think, too, number one, the quarterback is scared to make a mistake right now. And candidly, that's the kid that came out of Oregon. That, that was the player that came out of Oregon. The second thing is this, and this is no surprise, everybody at home. This offense does not throw the ball down the field as enough with this superstar talent with his right arm. It's often that short completion game. There are moments in the games, specifically as they go on, at least to my eye, where it looks like he purposely throws the ball downfield just to throw the ball downfield. Huh. He misses the guy, and he's double covered. It, it's... It's not like he's being careless with the ball, but it's almost like in these moments he's like, I haven't thrown the ball downfield or given the opportunity to do it in two quarters. I'm just throwing this one down the field. And they're just basically long foul balls, so to speak. So you could watch him right now. He's hesitant to pull the trigger, and then it looks like the play, or he gets so frustrated with the lack of chunk plays that are called that he takes it upon himself to just, I'm just wasting this throw essentially. That's interesting because you're saying he's hesitant, but then also he's kind of going to waste some throws here and there because he Can feels I say so something pressure. Real quick, yeah. Yeah. Listening to you, do you remember? I, I think it was last year. I asked you, this offense is so stagnant. Sure. Like, I, and I get that you got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. There is no nuance to that. If you got that guy at quarterback, we sitting here talking about just bombs away, bro. Josh Allen, get him in the run game. Yeah. Get him on the move. We see what they're doing in Chicago with Justin Fields. So like, this offensive scheme never incorporated a quarterback run game in its past. And this is coming from Sean Payton yeah, and Drew Brees' time, right? That's yeah. what, and that's yeah. also yeah. why there, it is with stick spacing yeah. or spot Absolutely. spacing or, or all these completion So plays. the classic clay, case of I'm not going to tailor it to my guy. He got to fit what I'm asking. Totally, him. totally. And to answer that's your crazy point. crazy to me, man. When he doesn't pull the trigger, it's when guys are open. That, and, and there's huh. and you can see like there's this moment where you're like, dude, why don't you throw that ball? Because I've seen you throw that ball. Well, that's so, because it's the West Coast system. You're taught to bang, go bang, exactly bang. there. Right. Bang, bang, I mean, bang. it's like one, two, three. And get like, back to this guy. You saw that first clip. It's it's cover two. He's got four verticals. The back is wide open on a check down, but he's like, I'm just gonna throw. And it's not even remotely close to. I don't even think he's trying to complete the pass at times. Bro, it's and fast. You, and you know, and you know too, Dan. It's zone man beaters, right? So. If he look and it's a zone defense, he's going to stay on that side and just pull the Bro, it is fascinating to me sitting here in 2022 listening to y'all say this, Mm -hmm. right? Like, because literally the success of the teams that are doing well is built around what their quarterback does well. Yeah. Well, I don't know if the lack of quarterback run is a little bit of attached to the ribs, right? Remember, he had those ribs four or five weeks ago. I asked you a year ago. For sure. And that's fair. That's fair. It has never been incorporated into this offense. But you'd also sit here and go – you Sean, Sean, Sean McVay and, and Kyle Shanahan deviated from it a, enough to right. where they don't, they don't dictate it that way. Man, y'all teaching me something because when I look at Justin Herbert, 
I put him in the same class with Josh, Josh Allen, Allen. Yeah. same class with, with um, Justin Fields, yeah. same class with Mahomes, like those type of guys. And I know that Mahomes is not necessarily a built-in QB run guy, yeah. but you see him take off. That's and the been difference, my one gripe. And the difference in the offense that Patrick has is he has both. Patrick has the catch-and-throw, quick game, easy completion offense, and then he has those chunks that are thrown into there that, yeah. that are schematically built in. And I would argue – that Justin doesn't, certainly not enough. And again, Andy Reid deviated away Away from from Mike Holmgren in the West Coast system way back when. These coaches who are willing to deviate and willing to say, let me tailor this to my quarterback, to my star guy, especially these first-round draft picks early in the first round, it's working. I don't know why somebody doesn't do that. It it shocks me. All right, let's get Adam Schefter back in here. Adam, I said the 49ers coming off a bye week. Is there any sense that this team is finally getting healthy? Feels like we're close, right? They were really pleased to get the win, their last game in Los Angeles, really pleased to get the bye week because they felt like getting the win, then getting the bye week when they came back this week on Sunday Night Football against the Chargers, that they would get close to a dozen players back from injury. And lo and behold, who was back at practice today in full? Debo Samuel. Who else? Kyle Juszczyk. Who else? Jawan Jennings. Other players also limited in practice. Dre Greenlaw, Eric Armstead. So there are some players and reinforcements That'll be arriving for the second half of the season just in time for the 49ers to try to make a playoff push. They believe their roster is getting healthier right now, and it should show up in spades on Sunday night. You're saying all that. Keegan said he might change his NFC pick. What Shefty just said about reinforcements, Shefty, those are difference makers. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, Elijah those Mitchell guys. too. Yeah. Elijah Mitchell, Nick yeah, Bosa, they're, they're, those are players. You want you <laughs> want to know? Change. You want to know why I'm so high on it, San Francisco and the Jets? Because both of those teams defensively, um, their defensive line are revolving rotations. Yeah. rotations. Yeah. That's going to yep. show up in Depth. December. You've Depth. got everybody fresh else's legs, right? Uh, yeah. And they just added McCaffrey. Yeah, I'm Low, loads of- All right, Key, all right, Key, put it, put it down there on the bottom line. Key is now picking the 49ers to win the entire NFC. Is that yeah, it? Yeah, I'm, yeah. If, they, if what Adam is saying is somewhat right, meaning they're getting about 13 right. guys back. Key, huh? Key, Key, Chef. Hold on. Hold on, did you just say if what I'm saying Get him, is Shefty. Thank Get you, him. Get him, No, but I'm saying it might not be all. We work together. I, I know, but it might not be all 13. It might only be nine. Oh, no, no, I think there's only 11 on 11 the field, Key. He said, he said 10 to 11 players. Okay, so right, give Shefty the floor. Shefty, yeah, tell this man what the hell is about to happen. It's pretty simple, Big Swaggo. 10 to 11 players back this week. They feel like the bye week came at the right time. I guess yeah. he wasn't listening closely. The bye week was at the right time. They're getting their guys back. Reinforcements are on the way. They're going to be good. Let's go. I'm changing. I'm all on the Niners now. Okay, you know what Key was doing, Adam? Key was over here thinking about himself and how he was going to change his pick. So he really wasn't listening to you totally. But I'm glad we cleared that up. Niners in front of the Eagles. Woo, goodness. All right, coming up on NFL Live. So let's get a little bit more on the Cowboys. They have not been shy about their interest in getting OBJ. Well, Key's going to tell you what he thinks his guy OBJ would bring to this Dallas offense. You're watching NFL Live, presented by USAA.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Oh, we got the big fellas now. This is where the blood, the sweat, the tears, the boogers, they show up. This is where the nasty, this is when people... What'd you just do? You All right, book? the five most important offensive and defensive <laughs> linemen matchups of the week. We're going to start with your team, yeah. the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Zach Martin, the Hall of Famer. He's got more Pro Bowls yeah. than he does holding calls in his career versus Kenny Clark with Green Bay. Yeah, the, con- the, the continuing continuation of the conversation about Dallas' run game. This is where Kenny Clark is going to have to hold up. Zach Martin is as good as getting to the second level yeah. as any offensive guard in the league. I'm going to go Jacksonville with Brandon Scherf, yeah. their free agent signing versus Chris Jones, yeah. who's as good as a pass rush interior defensive tackle. And very critical for Trevor Lawrence because it's interior pressure, D.O., and I tell you that all the time. Scherf has his hands full. Also with Chris Jones, what a lot of people don't remember, super tall, lot of length, yeah. got to try to get his hands Something down. Jacksonville does too is really good job of moving their offensive Absolutely. line because the athleticism. Okay, I'm going to go Vaughn Miller at number three versus a young blood, Christian Derisaw, yeah. who's the left tackle for Minnesota. This is when skill and time on task for Vaughn Miller comes into work. Derisaw is a phenomenal really tackle. Really good, right? Like playing really, really good. Yeah. But Vaughn Miller, you got to be ready for the tricks and trades. Yeah. The hands and more importantly what Vaughn's superpower has been, ball get off. Right. Derisaw, you got to get You've been telling me Deron Payne has been been starting to play big time ball, but I'm putting the best center in football. No question. Jason Kelsey versus Deron Payne. Monday Phenomenal night. matchup. Everybody, keep your eyes glued on this matchup. I would venture to say this: this may be the toughest time that this offensive line has had, based on what I've you been watching. You said this past week, the whole D line for between him and Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat. And this, right. they playing together again. All right, the Freakazoid is number one. Miles Garrett versus Teron Armstead for Miami. Yeah, I can't wait. Look, we know Tua gets the ball out of his hands quickly. Yeah, we point. know how explosive this offense is. I want to see if Miles Garrett is going to use a lot of inside moves. Yeah. Be wary of that, D.O., because it cuts down your track to the quarterback. Yeah. But also remember, 6'5". Right. Speed tour, see over me if I can't get to you. Real quick, because I, I think if this matchup, Vaughn versus Derisaw, determines we, the game. And we, we find out a little bit more, a little about, more Minnesota. about Minnesota. Can we really Absolutely. rely? Because if he locks him down, okay, and then I think your point of this one is great. Oh, this God. is as good a matchup as we yeah. will get this weekend when it comes to. And Jason like, got his hands full in two ways sure. because we both talked about Deron Payne, yeah. but also Jonathan Allen, mm-hmm. who people are not paying attention to enough. Point. Great pass rushers, big physical guys in the run game. 5 0 line, D line matchups. Let's go. Get your boogers out. 
get those boogers. I'm glad your nose was clean when you did that. Okay, Odell Beckham Jr., ready to find a home. He's still unsigned, has his sights set on a few teams. The Cowboys, Bills, Packers, and Giants, all teams he says he's been in contact with. And Cowboys owner Jerry Jones said this week that Beckham would look pretty good with the star on the side of his helmet. That was like total music to Swagoo's ears. But, Key, does Odell in Dallas make sense to you? Only sense. That's the only place he should be thinking. You talk about two ACL injuries. Yeah, Kansas City would be good, but it's cold. Buffalo would be good. It's cold. You don't want to go into a cold environment with injuries. And I think the Dallas Cowboys, they need him. They certainly would love to have him. Jerry Jones almost sounds like the deal is done. He's just waiting on OBJ to agree. And, and OBJ talked about being a rock star and being in that environment again. So I think New York is completely out of the equation. He goes to the Dallas Cowboys. You just It's just going to be different. It's going to be totally different. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah. This, this is pretty simple when you look at it, right? Essentially, the Dallas Cowboys made a run at getting Brandon Cooks before the trade deadline. The Houston Texans would not back off wanting a second and fourth round pick in return. So Dallas backed away from the deal. So they didn't get Brandon Cooks to help the wide receiver position. Now we're past the trade deadline. Who's out there? Odell Beckham Jr. Who have we heard the last few days come out and speak out that they want Odell Beckham Jr. in Dallas? Well, Mike McCarthy basically said as much. Jerry Jones said as much. Ezekiel Elliott said as much today. And when you think about the great marketers of all time, Jerry Jones could use Odell Beckham Jr. on the field and to sell jerseys. Like, it's a no-brainer. This is a marriage waiting to happen. Jerry Jones wants Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. could totally see in a Dallas Cowboy uniform with the star on the side of his helmet. There, this makes so much sense in every which way. I think the Cowboys have to be considered the favorite to land him right no, now. No yeah. question at all, Laura. It, it, and on top of that, you don't even need him to mid-December, right. right? You just sign him now, get him acclimated to the environment, he can understand the system and be fully ready to go. Micah Parsons was also tweeting him, you know, every, hey, everybody's man, been on it. Off, I'm back. Hey, hey. Damn, be quiet, I'm man. here now. Recruiting, I'm, I'm with everything. This ain't Detroit. I want to keep here and shift and, and talk about it. Is there anywhere you want him to go? All right. <laughs> I think he should go to Baltimore. <laughs> Up next, the Buccaneers and Seahawks traveling to Munich for the first ever NFL game in Germany. Dan's going to tell us what he's been most impressed by in Seattle's start. We love the Seahawks here. Look at Gino. Are you German? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. NFL Live is presented by USAA. This Veterans Day, join us in celebrating all those who serve. The NFL in Europe continues with the Seahawks and Bucks in Germany this week. This is the first NFL game in Germany, by the way. The game in Munich at Allianz Arena. It's Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Over here, the Bucks, by the way, are favored by three. So it's time now for Marcus's 
marquee matchup. La la la. I love when that crescendo hits, like it's just like, <laughs> ready to go. Okay, what's the matchup, Marcus, that you're keeping your eye on in this Bucks Seahawks? I'm going team? at it again. I, I love this young rookie corner for the Seattle Seahawks and Tariq Woolen against Mike Evans, right? Two big body guys. We saw Tariq have some success last week against DeAndre Hopkins. Now you get another challenge. We know what Brady's target is when he wants to hit the deep ball or find plays. It's 13, it's Mike Evans. Mike Evans is one of the best wide receivers to come through this league. I legitimately think he's going to be a Hall of Famer at the end of his career. So the young man got to strap up again. Tariq Woolen, you got D-Hop one week, you've backed it up with Mike Evans. I can't <laughs> wait to see this marquee matchup. I think it's going to have a lot to do with how this game plays out as yeah, well. Yeah, I love it. Uh, by the way, they call Woolen Avatar. He's not scared. He's different. Like, he's ready. He he is go. absolutely right. different, and okay. that's in a good way. Let's take a look at the quarterbacks in this one. Tom Brady averaging only 6.4 yards per pass attempt, which ranks 29th in the NFL. Now he faces a Seahawks defense that's been one of the best in the league during Seattle's four-game winning streak. On the other end, Geno Smith, who's completed 73% of his passes, fourth highest by any quarterback through nine games of the season in NFL history. He trails only Drew Brees in 2020 and 2018 and Brady, who did it back in 2007. Man, Geno Smith, what a story. But, Dan, what has impressed you Gino most? I'm and DK. Yeah, Geno and DK, by the way, coming your way. Me and you on the NFL Live. In yeah. a little uh, NFL Live. That was a little teaser. So, those two are going to do that tomorrow. We need but to get Geno on NFL Live. I bet he might do it. He would do it. We I talked believe. to him preseason. Geno, you want to come on NFL yeah, Live? Yeah, love to have come you. on, Machino. Okay, man. what's impressed you about Seattle's offense? The hesitancy, yeah, yeah, the hesitancy of the unknown. You know, Shane Waldron, their play callers, become one of the best in the NFL. And, like, everything is off the outside zone bootleg game. This is their first play of the game. So, Fant goes in motion, and then Lockett comes on the slice. You ball fake, and here it comes, the bootleg. This is the first play. Everybody on the defense is running after the pass, right? Six guys. Now they're setting up the pass to utilize the run. The very next time they kind of send the same action, watch these two defensive linemen. Last time they saw it was a bootleg. So their eyes are on Geno Smith. That gives that cutback lane for Kenneth Walker Jr. So that's all in the first half, right? They come out in the second half. They went pass to run. The second half, they go run to pass. Again, here's that three by one outside zone week. Those defenders are now playing a little bit hesitant. There's a huge gaping hole front side. So the first time they see that look in the second half, it's a run. Very next time in the second half, they give that same look. Now they got the tight ends winged off, ball fake away. Look at those defenders collapsing after the run, and it allows that deep tight end on that slice to come back across the line of scrimmage for a wide open. So I love the fact that, like in the first half, they went past the run, and in the second half, they flip it with that same action the first time they see it, and they go run to pass. You're like, that's causing defenses such hesitation hmm. to really know which well, one of yeah. those things is it. It's simple. And they do it really well, but it's causing defenses to That's play slow. That's why Gino looks so comfortable. Yeah, no, that, yeah, what, yeah. that and Gino, I simply, and we're going to talk about this a little bit tomorrow, Thank Gino's you, doing the really, really hard stuff as quarterbacking, really easy. Gotcha. Right, he's making it look simple. And Key, we talked about Tariq Woolen, but the Seattle defense has been really good. What's impressed you there? Well, I think you look at, you got to reach back into the past with Pete Carroll, right? Mm. And he goes out there, and one of the things that they had in the past was pass rush. They harassed the quarterback. And when you think about what Seattle is looking to do, chopping their lips at Tom Brady, whether it's pushing the pocket, whether it's Nachina uh, Nawusu coming from the outside, right. whether it's Bruce Irvin doing what he did. He went out and got Bruce so Bruce could come back and teach them what a Seahawks defense is supposed to be about. <laughs> Paying extra money for that on top right. of his 
mild production he's having. And so when you look at this defense creating turnovers, playing like a wild, wild bunch, and on the perimeter, they got long corners like they had before with Brown, Browner and uh, what's the other guy? Richard Dreads. Sherman. The other guy, Richard Sherman. You got the Hall of Famer? With, the, with their dreads. It happens. I can't deal with you. Richard Sherman. Well, look, y'all want Gino <laughs> now, so, you know. Well, I know. Gene was giving you a bunch of mess for that one Gino now. I was Gino indifferent. Now. I ain't know what the hell they were You know what? We, we didn't know they were going to be this good. You are right. I'm not sure you thought they'd be this good either. So, congrats to the Seahawks. Right. Yeah, he really was. Lou was, right. was on him. We'll give him credit. We'll see you tomorrow at NFL Live.